0: welcome to the first century youth ministry podcast my name is heather
1: and i'm mark and we are your co-hosts
0: and we're here to take a look back into the jewish roots of our faith
1: for the way forward in youth ministry discipleship
0: this podcast is a part of the youth cartels podcast network Hey friends, it's Heather here. Welcome back to the show. I'm gonna hey. be hosting today. Mark's gonna be leading our discussion. We are launching a four-week series on the different religious sects that we see that were super active in the first century. So
1: that's S-E-C-T, everyone. That's right. Not what sects- you thought you just
0: heard. Uh,
1: yes. Actually, Heather, I labeled this episode as first century Judaism was Sectually Explicit 01.
0: Wow. That's going to be a million listens.
1: I think so. I have a good good
0: feeling. Yeah. And people are going to have no idea what they're actually (laughs) listening to. It'll be great. Yeah. It's true. So we're talking about the Essenes. We're talking about the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and those Zealots. And so today, um, probably one of the most well-known groups that we are all familiar with are those Pharisees. And so that's where we're headed today. So Mark's going to lead our discussion to help us better understand um, the group of the Pharisees.
1: Right on. So, hey, when I was a high school student, my youth pastor way back in the day told me that you can remember the Pharisees because they are fair. You see, Uh they Uh care only about the law. Right. And Mm -hmm. then on the other hand, he said, and the sad you see, mm. well, they were sad you see mm. because they didn't believe in an afterlife. Wow! And <laughs> while I know while these are tacky, ugly, and not so funny characterizations, it actually cuts you into some of Jesus' critique of the Pharisees around him, okay. and. Jesus is very much a Galilean sage that believes in Torah embodiment. That Mm. is, we want to carry the scripture with our whole being and live it out, right? Yeah. And many times the sages from Galilee would come into conflict with the religious leaders um, in the temple system who are wealthy and uh, very much carried about the status of religion, but also with the Pharisees who were often... Rigorous readers of the text and rigorous um, debaters of oral law or oral tradition, but didn't go long on embodying Torah like a Galilean sage. The, mm-hmm. the Galilean sages, like Jesus or Ben Dosa, or uh, they're just a different breed of cat. Sure. and uh so jesus well,
0: in the first century they were the galilean sages at least if you were a pharisee and you were like oh one of those rabbis from <clears throat> the galilee right
1: right yeah they looked down on them they actually yeah. thought they were dumb and had lousy aramaic and right? they like to make fun of each other probably like methodists and baptists i don't know <laughs>
0: that's something, true.
1: something like that um But anyways, there's this famous passage in Luke that maybe you've heard of. A lot of times in your Bible, it will actually be labeled, woe to the Pharisees, like W-O-E, like woe is you, right? Yeah. And Jesus just goes on a tear against these Pharisees. And I want to look at the passage and then talk a little bit about, okay, so what's going on here? Yeah. What's a Pharisee? What's the beef, right? So it says, while Jesus was teaching, a Pharisee, invited him to dine with him so i imagine jesus is like really getting to his point and everyone's spellbound and this guy raises his hand and says you want to come over to my house for dinner and jesus is like come on gary um because that's the youth pastor experience right for
0: sure you're, you're like killing it like for example i was um I was, this, I was having this great moment where i was literally sharing the gospel with a kid in my youth group the other day yeah. And this girl raises her hand and she says like the dumbest question ever to totally like sidetrack where I was going. I'm like, bro, I was like sharing the gospel and you're asking me about donuts, like real. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yes, children, there are dumb questions. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, anyways, what whatever the case may be, it says, So he went in and took his place at the table. The Pharisee was amazed or taken aback to see that he did not first wash before dinner. Now, this isn't a matter of like hygiene, like washing your hands before you eat, because I think that's a good idea. Yeah, It's a matter of ritual purity for the Pharisees. You're separating yourself as holy enough to touch the food that God has blessed, right?
0: Yeah, mikvah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, then the Lord said to him, or Jesus said to him, now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, like you're great dishwashers, you keep everything by appearances, beautiful and shiny and clean, uh-huh. right? But inside you're full of greed and wickedness. You fools did not, did not the one who made the outside of the cup make the inside of the cup too. And Jesus critique is basically that, on the exterior, you're keeping all of these laws about ritual purity, mm-hmm. but on the inside, you don't actually have a heart for God, and you don't actually have a heart for people right and so Jesus, among all of the sects or of like Judaism of the first century, Pharisees and Sadducees and Essenes and zealots, he's actually the closest to a pharisee right he he debates oral torah mm-hmm. he um is very much about understanding scripture and interpreting it with all that he has. Right. Mm -hmm. But his critique of this group is that actually you've set yourself apart and set yourself up as being so over the top righteous that you don't have a heart for people. Yeah. And that's where we get a really good window into the Pharisees as a group. Right. Okay. Because I think, first of all, we can't categorize all Pharisees as uh, having no love for people. Like, yeah, I think sure. Nicodemus in The Chosen is a great Pharisee. Uh-huh. He's actually seeking and he actually wants his religion to make the world better and make himself better. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, it's not a one-to-one all Pharisees are this way. It's more like that's the characterization in the gospels. Sure. But what Jesus is going after here is this separating of themselves for holiness and specifically separating themselves from the other people of the land, the, the Amha'aretz that Jesus yeah. loved very much. Right? Yeah.
0: Now explain that because our listeners might not mm-hmm. know what that word means.
1: Yeah. So let's first explain the word Pharisee and then explain the people of the land and then we'll have the whole equation. And, and I'll maybe
0: that like, too. I threw up Micah. People might not know what that means.
1: Okay. So, uh, Mikvah, first of all, is where we get baptism from. It's the Jewish ritual of immersing yourself and right. cleaning yourself off before you enter um, a holy place. Uh-huh. But washing your hands is the same imagery. You you literally immerse and purify your hands so that you can touch anything blessed by God. Right, And that's the idea of mikvah,
0: right? Well, but mikvah, you would go like full body, like... Go in with, you know, your head and your hands first and then yep. do like a full body baptism.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, Christian bapt. this is a this isn't aside, but we'll do it in fifteen seconds because right. it's helpful. Christian baptism really reinvents the tradition though, because it's saying this is now a symbol of your one time cleansing through Christ. So they use the same ritual. Sure but they're changing the meaning, which is fascinating. I mean, you hardly ever have religious ritual just change on a dime like that. Yeah. Um, Unless there's a big reason anyways. So the Pharisees name literally um, probably comes from the Hebrew word parushim, which is a word that means to separate. It Uh literally means to like take yourself apart. And this probably refers to them separating themselves off as ritually pure From the Amhaaretz, or the people of the land,
0: right? So the
1: people of the land in Jesus' day were basically the 99% poor that really, for the most part, they could not afford to keep uh, Levitical tithes. They Mm -hmm. could not afford to pilgrimage to Jerusalem three times a year, and they couldn't afford to sacrifice. So the Pharisees constantly critique the people of the land for Mm -hmm. not being ritually committed enough and not being ritually pure enough. And Jesus gives this great gift to the Judaism of his day of Uh internal piety, that actually your heart for God is what matters. And to the degree that if you're taking Lucky the Lamb to sacrifice on the way to the temple, and Mark remembers like, Oh my gosh, I terribly insulted my friend Heather last week and she's literally mad at me right now. I should put Lucky down and go apologize and make sure that the relationship is fixed and that the internal purity has been preserved and then go worry about the sacrifice. To yeah. Jesus, what's in your heart is more important and your yes. intentions are more important. Yeah. And he specifically critiqued the Pharisees for not loving the Mm -hmm. people of the land, like you're constantly telling them what the laws are and how they ought to be better, but you don't actually care about them because you've separated yourself off from them. And how many passages in the text start with a Pharisee was grumbling because Jesus was hanging out with a tax collector or hanging out with a sinner or hanging out, with a questionable character. Right. And Jesus, of course, always says, what are you talking about? Uh-huh. It's it's the sick that need a doctor. That's right. Right? Yeah. And so that's Jesus' beef with the Pharisees. Uh-huh. And it's not that the Pharisees don't care about God and don't care about Torah. Mm-hmm. Actually, they committed their entire lives to figuring out the scriptures so that they could live it out. Yeah. But Jesus' critique is that if you're... If your expression of scripture in your life doesn't result in you having immense love for other people, well, you haven't gotten it right. That's right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, totally. It's like, you know, how many times I can think of times in my younger youth ministry days where it was really about my image, right? And how yeah. good I looked in front of other people than it was actually about caring about broken people. And sometimes yeah. in the depth of my own pride, when I would care for a broken messed up person it was like oh i hope people think this of me now right i hope people think oh yeah heather's like this great christian look at her she's helping that poor person like right like that's so
1: (laughs) that's so honest and i think true i think actually that's a dividing line between um a young youth pastor Mm -hmm. that wants to be baller. And actually at that point, you're more of a peer to your students than a leader, Yeah, a spiritually mature leader. When you picture what your job is, you don't picture yourself on a stage teaching. You picture the kids that you serve. That's right. And the change that's happening in them. And I think that's a mark of maturity for every one of us as youth pastors. Mm. When we cross over to the line where, um, the way we envision our expression of following Jesus causes us to remember the students we serve. Yeah. The connections like instant. Wow. It's the one and the same. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: So I think, um, if I can push back a little bit on the wooden category of the Pharisees, I think we can learn something from the Pharisees, um, in their interaction with Jesus mm-hmm. because they try really hard. I mean, their lives are obsessed with basically having the good outweigh the bad so that God will bring blessing and not judgment. Mm, Right? Yeah. And the lesson to be learned though is in Jesus critique that actually both things are important. Hmm. You should do what's right and what God has asked of you because he's given you this great gift of Torah and the best possible life if you'll walk in it. Right. But at the same time, if it doesn't cause you to have compassion for the people around you yeah. and even the bad people around you that yeah. don't know their right hand from their left, right. then what good is it? Sure. Right.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So if we're talking to a youth worker here and yeah, we're kind of bringing this into their world, what would you say to them, Mark?
1: I would first of all say that we're, um, youth pastoring in a time where a lot of students care very much about, um, large-scale justice, hmm. and very little about personal morality. Yeah. They're almost like flip Pharisees. <laughs> sure. Does that make sense? Totally, Like yeah. the, the greatest sin you can commit in Gen Z mm-hmm. culture yeah. and the kids that you're youth pastoring yeah. is to not have justice right. or not give full approval of mm-hmm. every person yeah. around you. Mm-hmm. But what breaks my heart is working with students and watching them put things in their bodies, yeah. do things with their bodies, make decisions in what they say and do like they're not accountable or right. like God's not watching, and the reality is sure there's such a life for them if they will actually follow Jesus and do both. Yeah, for real. And so I'd say as a youth pastor, oh, this might be so heretical, but in some ways your kids need to level up as Pharisees. <laughs> like they don't need to become Pharisees yeah. in the sense that that they don't care about others, but man, They, for the most part, ignore
0: the truth of a deep
1: understanding of scripture and how to live it out. And they instead just say, well, I love people. And, you know,
0: yeah, you do you. Yeah. Yeah. You do you. It's all about my feelings, that kind of thing. Right. And that's so destructive. And um, I think that's so key, Mark, getting back to helping kids level up in their understanding of the Bible. And that's what we're all about here. Right. At First Youth Ministry. That's what we want to help you, youth pastor, become awesome at is getting your kids in the word, knowing how to understand it better for yourself. Look, we don't have this whole thing figured out. Mark and I are not like, yeah, we know the Bible, like the back of our hand. No, we're trying to figure it out, but we do. We want to come alongside you and help shepherd you guys as you shepherd and love the kids in your midst. So anything else before we wrap up the show today, Mark?
1: Yeah. So I would, um, actually suggest a resource to you. If you want to really deeply understand, um, the history of Judaism leading up to Jesus and where early Christianity and rabbinic Judaism fit together. Mm -hmm. There's a great book by Lawrence Schiffman, uh, S-C-H-I-F-F-M-A-N, called From Text to Tradition. Okay. And it's written really easily. Like, it's just an easy read. I remember when I found it, I was like, finally someone wrote down all, all of these pieces I've been trying to collect you about know. antiquity in a way that's just clear. And so I use that book as a guide all the time. So it's okay. From Text to Tradition okay. by Lawrence Schiffman, if nice. you want to go a little farther, faster. Nice. If you don't even want to have to read though, Heather and I can teach you some cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so <fun. laughs> we're actually launching a curriculum on the parables yeah. of Jesus. Yep. And we're going to run a cohort with the curriculum Uh that basically fills in all these gaps. What does it mean to see Jesus as a rabbi? What are the different groups of people that show up in his stories? And yeah, yeah, so that's on the way. Do you want to say anything more about that, Heather?
0: I just think it's going to be baller. And I think if a youth pastor got plugged in with us, we would love to get to meet you and help you become better at what you do as we take a look back into the roots of our faith for the way forward and youth ministry discipleship. So friends, thanks for joining us for this episode this week, just to kind of recap some things that Mark said that we hope you take home and put in your, your bag is, um, you know, Hey, check your heart. Where's it at? Uh, when you go and do these things for God, is it really about loving the people in your midst? And if it's not as probably I know myself and I'm sure Mark as well, we've had to humble ourselves. We've had to get off of our throne and we've had to get down, um, and really serve people and really put ourselves aside. You know, one thing that I do every single, every single day to just simply set my mind on the right path is I just simply pray, God, use me to love people, to see them, to hear them, and to have a heart that receives them, and to be present and fully available to do that. Instead of yeah. creating something that is about Heather, I want to be present that helps usher people into the love of God. So, friends. We pray and encourage that you do the same And uh, definitely check out FirstCenturyYouthMinistry.com We have a upcoming Youth Workers Only Trip to the Land of Israel in August of 2022 And we've only got 10 spots, and so if you are interested In going, send us a message at ministry at gmail.com And um, Check out the book, First Century Youth Ministry And uh, get plugged in With our Facebook community First Century Youth Ministry group On Facebook. Alright, friends, catch you next time. Bye. Bye
1: everyone.